Welcome back to So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. I'm Meg, here with Elle to talk about editing today. We're writers. We're also besties. And we started So You Wanna because we wanted to create a space for other authors to chat, hang out, and just be. As always, the world needs more books. It needs your books. Let's make that happen. I'm the writer of the Miranda Wrights trilogy, The Ostler's Boy of Swords and Horses, The Holiday Affair, and Birds and Bullets. And my latest work is called Once Upon a Night. You can find all of these on Wattpad under Megan Alexandria, my poetry collective Shallow on Amazon under author slash Megan Alexandria. And of course, where I'm most active, I'm on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria. So follow me. Out here. I uh, just want to say, Meg, it was a little anticlimactic that you only said besties instead of bestest of best friends. Well, Pisces season is now over. So make way for my Aries moon, other Aries. Other Aries. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> a little scared, but let's just move on to my works. I'm a contemporary romance author. You can check out the following books on Wattpad for the love of art, read One Last Night, Calorglin, and A Very Calorglin Christmas, all under L. Meredith Writes. Chat with me on Instagram at lmeredith.writes. Check out my silly writer life videos on TikTok at lmeredith.writes. Um, okay, back to that other Aries comment. What does that mean? Well, you know, I'm just saying, they always say that your moon sign is like who you really are and your sun sign isn't really oh, a moon sign. Yeah. Now I gotta look. It's my moon I feel sign. like I should know this. Uh, I don't know this though. I'm I'm looking on my phone for all the people listening. I'm I'm, I'm pulling it up <laughs> as because I am competitive. And I want to be L. I'm a cancer moon. Darn it. I was so <laughs> close. I literally just pulled it up. Well, you're a rising Gemini. So. Oh, um, yes, I am. Yes. I am a rising Capricorn. So. Okay. I don't know what a rising cancer, or I'm uh, sorry. Uh, you don't moon. even know what you're talking about. Oh I my know. God. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. <laughs> oh, it rules my emotions and moods. Oh, I'm. My emotional self is sensitive, thoughtful, and empathetic. Oh, is it? That's so? very nice. Is it? You have a tendency to feel like a martyr and secretly fear being abandoned. Yes. That's okay, pretty to the anymore. Oh my God. It's a running joke. Just, you know, so you guys know, every time I, I like make a comment about, oh, so you want to is disbanding and you know, L like, or I meet somebody and they like live close to me, like closer than Canada, or, you know, they, they like <laughs> share a single interest of mine. L is like, are you going to replace me with them? And I'm like, calm okay. down. In okay. My defense. What, what is your defense? You have also tried to replace me with a sock puppet or a ventriloquy doll. Wouldn't you prefer to be replaced with a handcrafted 
inanimate object that I could not form an actual emotional attachment with? Or would you prefer that I find a new business partner? Okay. And then we become friends and then we become best friends and then we become the bestest of best friends. And I forget about you. Is that what you want? I was about to ask if I'm alive or dead in this scenario, but obviously- Does it matter? I don't know who you are. Okay, what? How did you- Is that what you want or do you want a sock puppet? Uh, How would you forget who I am? (laughs) Because because the new person is so interesting. Oh, there's so much more. Okay, I get it now. Let's let's look at your your chart. Okay, hold on. So you're- (laughs) Get oh gosh, I'm going to find out that I'm like, I'm not a good person. No, no. Okay. I'm, I'm going to do something. Okay. So like you're in Aries and a cancer and a Gemini. So all I have to do is find a fire sign who has a water moon and an air rising. That's not hard. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm just <laughs> saying like, listen, what if, what if I found like a Leo with like Pisces placement and like a Libra rising, you know? I just created like the most toxic combination. <laughs> I'm just kidding. For all the Leos listening, I don't actually feel that way. Uh, you know, for podcast reasons, that was a joke. I was just trying to be mean as a February Pisces and tell my best friend that she's replaceable. <laughs> I'm replaceable with the following traits. So if you are listening and you have these traits, what was it? You have to be a fire sign. Fire water with a water moon and a an air air rising and you can replace me on this show no but realistically realistically like let's just sit here okay that is actually a pretty balanced chart okay so like you have the aries hot-headedness okay the ram if you're not a hothead she says hot-headedly You're like pretty animated about that comment there. Like for anyone I am a very who wants to know, person, her eyes yeah. are wide and her hands are like, Rawr. that's yeah. the French Canadian in me. <laughs> Is it? Um, okay, but then, you know, you've got the cancer, which is like the sensitive, okay? And then you've got, you've got yeah. the Gemini rising. So you're like, I care but I'm not going to act like I care. And you're going to be like, so like invested on if I care or not, you know, that is what I I definitely, I care about things, but I refuse to let anybody know that I care. I'm like, Nope, I will die on this hill that I don't care. I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm a Pisces, but I have an Aries moon. So I'm like, I look like I care a lot more than I do. Okay. And then, you know, the Capricorn rising is just kind of like, I hate everyone. Why am I here? <laughs> right? This is a show about writing. And here we are <laughs> talking about our charts and but who's, honestly, who's not, who's toxic, who's... Honestly, to bring it back, you know, like, I do this for all my characters because I'm a weirdo. So, like, I, like, break down, like, their zodiacs and I make, like, pairings. Like, I make them compatible and whatever. Uh, and I like refer to that when I'm like writing, like, okay, so, or, I mean, I, I helped you with it, like with Reed, right? You were like, hey, yeah, well, we did it for my whole series. So all yeah. the bachelors have signs and their partners have signs and yeah. some of them match better than others. And it's going to be I'm a kind fucking of a mastermind, fun. man. <laughs> You're going to be over here with my crystals and 
in my palm's free hand. I have this hand. He is a to be completely transparent though like there was a time in my life where my only goal was to join like a 1920s carnival and read tarot (laughs) tarot cards like yeah okay so you were alive in the 90s yeah yeah a little off timing just like my dream of living in the 1950s (laughs) and just typing on a typewriter for eight hours a day yeah not gonna happen the 20s what a wild time yeah it was a wild time I like it if you're writing a book about the 20s that involves tarot and you want to know if your main character is a Pisces woman (laughs) (laughs) slide into my dms at author Megan Alexandria I want to help you out I also want to read your book (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible all right well enough procrastinating this is a writing show so let's get into the actual content of the show okay (laughs) as we said today we are talking about editing which is incredibly important it's like the most important part of the writing process oh yes I always think about the feeling that I get when I finish a manuscript I want to pop that champagne and celebrate and then drink (laughs) it and fall into the abyss (laughs) <laughs> yeah because there's still so much left to do <laughs> lying to myself yeah but editing you know is really important it's just as important as writing uh you know maybe more so probably not but <laughs> you have to have a finished manuscript to actually do you know to actually polish but you know readers want that that finished polished manuscript and they want the finished project that's going to live up to the quality standards that we've all come to expect. It's so true and I just want to say it really doesn't matter whether you're writing fiction, nonfiction, a blog post, or a magazine article. What sets apart a professional from an amateur really is the quality of the editing. Yeah. Do you want to share the bad news? Yeah, yeah, I'll share the bad news. Bad news is you have to edit more than once yeah there it is (laughs) it's true but you know there is a great reason for that and that's because writing evolves as we work on it Mm -hmm. yeah I mean every book I work on often ends up being different in ways that I didn't expect when I first sat down to write you know new research new inspirations twists and turns of plot and character development Um, These are all things that I find have contributed to shaping the final cut of my stories (laughs) that you actually end up reading. So really editing shapes how your writing evolves. And when one detail for continuity may change, it affects other parts of the manuscript. And that ripple kind of goes through the whole work. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, so basically in effect, each editing pass through is creating almost like a new book that you'll need to read again with fresh eyes. Yikes. I mean, when you say it like that, that's actually a little intimidating. I guess I said a lot of it, but I mean, Ellie, <laughs> blame you. Oh, I need you to relax. Okay. Your Aries is showing. <laughs> Put those horns away. Yeah. But they're, they're not horns, are they? Uh, <laughs> not to be that guy, but I don't think Rams have horns. I, I think those are. you? They're antlers, aren't they? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Aren't they? I don't know. Someone tell us. 
do rams? <laughs> I'm googling it. What a show! <laughs> they have massive horns. Wow, I am. Yes, I am wrong. <laughs> you well, Google. <laughs> it was a great show while we had it. I am sorry to announce the split of so you wanna, but I cannot <laughs> cope. I cannot cope with being incorrect. <laughs> yeah, this is the end. Goodbye. All right. No, no, but honestly, okay. The, this is why we edit because if you're the asshole who just wrote that Rams have antlers <laughs> in your book and you don't fact check yourself before you publish it, some asshole is gonna be like, "Um, they're horns, you idiot." <laughs> Um, but anyway, you know, there is an editing process and, uh, yeah, you know, we both use it. So I swear. So put away your horns, but seriously, let me have my drama. <laughs> okay. You can have your drama until Taurus season. So, okay. That being said, uh, <laughs> I'd rather break down editing and help our listeners impress the hell out of anyone who reads their work right? Okay. Okay. So the stages of editing it is, I'll start. The first one, obviously, while you write is when you're going to start editing. So (laughs) I know this goes against that often cited rule. You shouldn't self-edit while you write. You should just get the book onto the pages. Well, let's face it. When you write the first draft, you often look back to make sure that the continuity is there. Sometimes it's simply to remember a moment in the novel to bring it forward somewhere else. There are a myriad of reasons why during your first draft of writing, you're going to look backwards. And along the way, you're probably going to fix a few things that you notice. So don't feel like the rule of write and don't look back is the golden rule. While you're writing that draft, you're going to find yourself editing a little. Well, yeah, I mean, because if you're anything like me, you just can't know that those things exist, you know, like you got to go back, you got to edit them. Uh, as I like control F all my, my, <laughs> my work to make sure I didn't say horns or antlers wrong anywhere. Um, Did but- I ever tell you about the time I had to control F a name that I realized I spelt <laughs> wrong? for 90% of my novel and it's a name that was used pretty much all the time <laughs> yeah that's that's why I go with like really stupid simple names it was hundreds hundreds of changes oh I believe it actually I, I'll share this with you it's kind of related okay so I am the author of the Miranda Wright's trilogy I birthed this idea I created it I made the books okay literally my own concept I created the fucking world right hours days years spent creating this world I'm driving home the other day and I'm like what is Elijah's last name oh my god (laughs) my my like favorite character I can't even and like his last name has a purpose it is the there's a reason it is what it is and I'm sitting here like, I seriously just blew an entire like two books of imagery because I couldn't remember that his last name was Rivers. I was like, what the is happening? And I like, seriously, I pulled over and I like looked up. <laughs> oh Samsonite, so close, you know? <laughs> like, 
Oh, I'm like Lord. the biggest idiot. And I also might need to take a nap. <laughs> but yeah, you know, okay. So okay. <laughs> now that the world knows my darkest, secret shames, <laughs> my darkest shame. <laughs> um, I think the next tip is pretty obvious, but um, you know, you got to edit after the first draft. Mm-hmm. So once you have finished your draft, there are two options. You can put it away for a bit and, you know, then work on it, or you can jump right in and just get going on it. The benefit of holding off is that you will come back with fresher eyes and it can be easier to spot issues that you might not have realized were there if you had just jumped back in. You have to remember that when you are reading this manuscript, the standard novel starts at 50,000 words, okay? So you have read the same 50K over and over and over again. The brain fills in gaps. So if you miss the somewhere, or if you miss, you know, a continuity slip or whatever, like it's because you know the story and you're just going to fill in those blanks. So stepping away is a great a great thing to do. It doesn't have to be forever, but yeah. Regardless, whichever one that you choose, uh, you know, think about what still rings true when you read it. What can you get rid of? Are there too many characters? And so on and so on and so on. The rule of lamp. Yeah, That's the rule of lamp. And you can obviously use the rule of lamp there. <laughs> um, yeah, so... And the next thing that I'm going to suggest is once the first revision is done, you should look into beta and sensitivity readers. So I'm going to kind of break that down. Um, well, actually, Meg will break down what they are in a second yeah. here first. But um, but the like what Meg said about writers being far too involved in their own writing is so true. That's why we really cannot be the best editors for our own books. Mm-hmm. And ha- so having friends or looking into beta services, which are available sometimes free, sometimes not, is really, really helpful. And as well as catching pesky errors like continuity and stuff mm-hmm. like that, they can also give you constructive criticism. So they're going to tell you, you know, hey, this is what I really like. And hey, you know, this feels kind of out of place. Yeah. So my recommendation, if you really want to make sure it's perfect, beta readers, and or a pro editor, uh, if you can go that way, keeping in mind that a professional editor does cost money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is something to consider, but you know, we'll talk more on editors in a bit here. Yeah. Like, why don't you kind of walk us through the difference between a beta reader and, um, and then some sen- and, uh, sensitivity readers. So yeah, okay. Can- <laughs> um, so it's pretty straightforward. I'll start with beta readers. Beta readers are normal people who love books. They may have a keener eye for details and grammatical mistakes than the average bear, but they're not trained editors. They read a lot and they have strong opinions on what works and what doesn't work in a book. And they generally work within a genre that they prefer. So if you're a fantasy or romance and you're looking to hit those certain keys, it's a really good tool. But these are people that are your front line to outside edits. Send them your manuscript. Ask them to comment on it and tell you what works or what doesn't work for them. Some of them may even mark up the file with grammatical and continuity errors, which is great. 
But what you should expect overall is general comments on what works from the reader's perspective. Use these to critically evaluate your work through your audience's eyes. Did you skip a key point because it's like second nature to you? Did you explain something more thoroughly than you needed to? Is there a plot hole that you just completely missed? Some comments you won't find valid or actionable. Some you'll want to address immediately. So how do you tell the difference? As a rule of thumb, if more than one beta reader points something out, you probably need to work on your edit. Sensitivity readers exist strictly to make sure that you don't have anything offensive in your book. They don't care about grammar or plot or continuity. They are there to keep your work appropriate and open to all audiences. The last thing you want to do is write a book that encourages stereotypes or biases or hurts someone. This can be great, especially when you're venturing into sensitive topics such as race or sexuality. They can also help you find the words you meant while keeping your novel as realistic as it needs to be. Which leaves professional editors. Uh, unlike beta readers, professional editors are trained to spot issues with continuity, flow, pacing, grammar, and so on. It costs money to work with them, as we said before. I mean, experience and skill don't come cheap. But this is an investment in the future of your book and your writing career that's definitely worth making. Even if you plan to traditionally publish, you'll want to invest in an editor. Agents and editors expect to see polished manuscripts, not rough drafts. Editors have different specialties and not just in terms of genres. Some prefer to dig deep under the hood, helping you improve your characterization, structure, and plotting. Others prefer to tune things up closer to the surface, working on general mechanics, and still others act as proofreaders, giving you an objective set of eyes on your work as it nears completion. You really kind of need a combination of all of these things, so make sure that you do your research on the editor that you're picking before you just dive right into an editor. Right. Well, with that, we are going to break for commercial. When we come back, we will give you our best tips for editing, as well as how to filter feedback. Are you thinking about starting a podcast? Then you need Anchor. That's the app we use. Anchor is a podcasting platform that gives you the power to create content on your terms. The best part, it's free. So what are you waiting for? Start recording your show today. Welcome back to So You Wanna, a show for writers by writers. Before the commercial, we talked about why editing is so important. Now we're going to give our best tips for editing and talk about how to filter all the feedback you're going to get during this process. I think one of the biggest things that helped me is printing your manuscript out. Now, hear me out. Listen, okay. Reading words on a printed page helps you find mistakes, spelling errors, broken sentences, run-on sentences, and so much more. I agree with this. No one can see it because 
from podcasts. But beside me, I have a ridiculous amount of binders filled with notes and some of my first drafts of novels. You know, I do find having it on a page and being able to bring it anywhere and just get comfy to read helps a lot for me. Um, I also now have a new binder obsession. So that <laughs> that happens. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because you're like, oh, I can carry it with me. I can sit down. There's definitely two types of writers here. I'm thinking from the actual like mechanics of it where like your brain is processing a different median of the information so it can pick up things that it's not grazed through before. Um, and you're like, I can sit by the fire. Like, <laughs> did do that. I sent you pictures this winter of me sitting by the fire yeah. editing. I just think that's funny. Um, but yeah, um, you can change the font or something before you print it. So it looks different than you were typing it if you're not convinced. But, you know, I don't know. See, I also another tip here is I use a red pen to edit. Or, you know, you can use any vibrant color, really, but you can really see them when you go to transfer this back to the digital. You're going to be able to pick up, oh, this is where the edits were. It's also very horrific to see <laughs> the final. <laughs> but, you know, it also gives you like a sixth sense of accomplishment, right? So little victories. Yeah, it's so true. <laughs> Well, once you've got your binder and pen, something that I really recommend doing is reading it out loud. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple ways that you can actually do this. You can do it yourself, of course, that works. Yeah. But there's also a program called Neural Reader. Mm -hmm. And um, there is a fee of $15 per month. Uh, it's an option. I think there is also a free option. It's just like a difference in the number of words it'll read. Yeah. Um, so anyway, but it'll read it out loud to you. Um, this is not a paid ad, by the way, like this right. is really just a recommendation from us of something that we find works. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is hearing how your own words sound helps you listen for things that maybe aren't quite right. It'll help you find things that are out of place, overused words and weirdly unnecessary details. As writers, again, we're just so close to our work. It can take really hearing it to know for certain that it's not working. I cannot count the number of times I have sat and looked at a sentence and said, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound right. And then I'll send it to Meg and be like, oh, does this sound right to you? And she's like, it's fine. What are you talking about? Or, you know, or no, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, there's also an option. Somebody told me that's on, I think it's on Word where you can have it read it aloud to you as well. So I know oh. there are other programs out there that would do it, but Neural Reader is neat because one, there is a free option. You can do it. I think it's up to 3,000 words. The $15 a month one is for like 30,000 words at a time. Uh, so, I mean, that makes the difference between having to copy and paste a bunch of times. But, um, <laughs> but I'm not sure that the word option, because I've not done it, I'm not sure that it lets you choose things like the speed in which they're talking and if it's a male or female voice and if they have an accent and if they're young or old or anything. So this is an app that does all those things. And it's it's pretty useful. I used it a lot when I was writing birds. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. anyway, so we talked about it before the commercial, but I think it's an important point. So I will repeat it. Take a break. Five minutes two hours, 47 years, whatever it takes. I promise you in that time, 
you're going to give your brain the ability to process things in the background. And so when you come back with those, you know, fresh eyes, it's going to help your perspective. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'll say is edit line by line. A good editor will systemically go through a piece of writing line by line. And that is what you should do as well. It may be time consuming and a painstaking task, but if you're editing your own work, you'll need to look closely at the words you've written to find any outstanding issues like grammatical errors or typos. And get familiar with style guides. Professional editors may come equipped with extensive editing skills, but it's possible to learn what they know. Look up which writing style guide applies to your writing. If you're copywriting, you'll likely want the AP style guide, whereas fiction writing will use the Chicago manual. Follow the proper guidelines laid out and add them to your editing checklist. Are all the commas where they should be for this particular piece? Are words properly italicized or quoted? Knowing what to look for can not only expand your editing experience, but help you become a better writer. All right, I'm going to say it. Avoid cliches. While they appear good in writing every so often, cliches are mostly boring unless you have a unique spin on them or can integrate them in a way that doesn't seem tired. And my next tip is embrace rereading. Editing isn't a one-off process, and chances are you'll need multiple read-throughs in order to find all of your weak sentences, grammar mistakes, punctuation errors, and spelling issues. Also, mind your syntax. Be on the lookout for issues with grammar and word choice. Certain words can change the whole mood or feeling of a piece, and using weak verbs or weak adjectives will only make that worse. Make sure your writing feels strong and clear and use a thesaurus with caution. If you're not exactly sure how to use a word, just don't. And finally, save proofreading for last. Whether you're copy editing for content marketing or writing the first draft of a memoir, proofreading is the very last step you should take when self-editing. As you go through your piece, You'll be rewriting sentences and paragraphs, so searching for grammar errors or doing a spell check before your final draft will probably waste more time than not. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you spot errors along the way. You don't have to ignore them, but don't make it a first step or feel like you have to do that before you can sit down and start editing. It's totally fine if you have like little spelling mistakes and stuff in there. You're going to fix them along the way. I guess now we can discuss how to filter all the feedback that you're going to get. Yeah, and feedback can be really daunting during the writing process. So I am about to tell you two things that might feel conflicting on the surface, but just listen. (laughs) Beta readers and ARC readers, and even readers found on a platform like Wattpad, are a great resource. but you do not have to use all the feedback you receive from them. At the end of the day, you know what's best for your story. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a comment on my work and been like, wait, what? And I do mean that for better and for worse. (laughs) So (laughs) my advice is to listen to everything 
take what resonates with you, but pay attention to what comments are repeating themselves. As I said before, if two more people see it, it's not a mirage. So be conscious of this. And when it comes to feedback, be willing to change and not take it personally. A little disclaimer, that advice applies to regular editing and feedback. If you're using a sensitivity reader or someone tells you your work is offensive for X, Y, and Z, you need to fix it. Mm -hmm. You know, I will say, I think that uh, comment about not taking things personally, that's, that's really difficult. You know, for myself, I definitely struggle with that. I love my work. And even when I know that people are just trying to help make sure it's the best it can be, it can be hard not to take it as a straight, I really hate this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I know for me, sometimes I actually get imposter syndrome as a result. So Mm -hmm. I just want to take a minute to say that it's okay if you struggle with this side of writing, getting the beta readers, having someone give you that criticism that you need. You're not alone. A lot of authors have a hard time with it. But I will say again, it's so important and try not to let it get you down, you know, use it to your benefit. That said, I will also say as hard as it is, I think a lot of my best improvements have actually come from outside readers giving me constructive criticism Mm -hmm. on my work. For example, someone noticing a plot hole or something not working for a reader um, or readers not getting the emotion that I want. You know, they say something and I'm like, well, that's not what I was trying to have you think here. I was trying to make you feel this way. So, you know, it's it's just really helpful. I've always found in making sure that everything is running the way that I want it to. A couple examples I have, you know, I remember when I first wrote Kalorglin, I felt so stuck on a scene. Um, And it was that I really wanted to make sure that the emotion between Patrick and Laurel was really there. And it was actually Meg (laughs) who suggested a flashback in that moment. And it worked really well. My readers actually responded in a really positive way. And another example is in One Last Night, Meg noticed a huge plot hole that would have ended the book at like, I don't know, chapter five or six. And again, you know, it's, it's all these little things, you know, you have to remember, it's not people saying, I don't like your book and saying, Hey, did you think about this? Cause it seems to be missing. And this is where my mind is going. And that can be really helpful. Well, yeah. And I think when you introduce, you know, readers are really enthusiastic. So when you introduce mm-hmm. a project to someone, like anytime Elle is like, Hey, I have a new book, read this. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> and I, I want to yeah. help. Um, just like other readers want to help you. So if you invite somebody into your project and you say, hey, you know, read this and let me know what you think and everything, it's it's like an important bond there, you know? And so they're going to want to, they're going to want to pay attention to that stuff. And they're going to be looking for that stuff. You know, they're going to be trying to figure out what happens. So they can brace themselves from the horrible black moment coming. <laughs> <laughs> But are you talking about my writing? No. Um, anyway, <laughs> I got to be honest here. Uh, Elle and I are both on Wattpad. And I think the, all the free comments on that site is actually what is so great about it. It's such a great place to put your novel out there because you see what readers like and don't like in the genre you're writing, you know, so I don't know. You just see like 
if they're picking up what you're putting down. So you can really create a well put together manuscript at the end of the day. And, you know, really, it's just like a large pit of beta readers just waiting. That was a scary. I'm sorry. That was a scary pit of beta readers to drop your book. Of readers. (laughs) Enjoy. (laughs) I like it, though. Um, You know, and again, I think that just goes back to what we said earlier uh, when we discussed beta readers. If one person says it, reflect on it. But, you know, if for you that still rings true to your book, you can keep Mm it. Um, But, you know, more than one, check it out. You know, maybe there's improvements that can be made. Yeah. And just one thing I'm going to throw in here that didn't cover is about characters. I'm that person. You know how I feel yeah. about characters. Okay. We all know, yeah. <laughs> a lot of feedback you're going to get, especially on, you know, a site where they can do inline comments and stuff is going to be about like your main character. And they're going to say mm-hmm. things like, Oh, I don't like her man. He's yeah. an idiot or whatever. Mm-hmm. So just if you're confident in your protagonist and their goals and their, you know, story arc and their growth. Remember your character's growing from the start to the finish. This is probably one of the feedback things that you can like take in and be like, okay, yeah. Um, you know, but just remember that your character has to change from the start of the book to the end. So you're going to get a lot of feedback on your protagonist. It's like, wow, I hate her. She's a brat, you know, but that's, yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. That might be what you want at the start. So just remember things like that. We are going to do a show on main characters. So yeah. don't feel like you're lost at sea in this pit of readers <laughs> that I have described for you. As you say that though, it definitely made me think, I remember you, you're one of them, but there's a lot of people who would say that they didn't like my main character in For the Love of Art for a long time because of the choices she was making. But I'm like, she has to make these choices. This is where her brain's at. Yeah. And that is where she was at in her life. And I did say, Mm -hmm. I don't like her, but I like that she's real. Like I, I see her as a real valid person but at the same time I don't, I'm at a different place in my life so I'm reading yeah. this and I'm like stop yeah and I'm stop totally and I mean but I like definitely when you said that though I was like good I'm yeah. glad you don't like her choices because you shouldn't like you know she's yeah. making these choices from such a, a negative place, place you know and so I'm like the- that's what I want <laughs> well you know and the worst thing that you can do is not invoke some sort of response from your reader. Mm-hmm. If you send your manuscript out there and no one comments and nobody says shit about it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I have no comment on that. But you know, yeah. Just remember that the bad is sometimes good, the good is sometimes bad, whatever. All right. Yeah. That does it for today. Unless you have anything else, my happily ever L. Just uh, (laughs) thank you to everyone who has been coming back and listening to our show. Don't forget to hit those stars and leave reviews everywhere you can. It's so helpful. Um, Yes, I'm Elle. Just Elle. Uh, Follow (laughs) me on Instagram at lmeredith.writes, on Wattpad at lmeredithwrites, and finally on TikTok at lmeredith.writes. And if she's Elle, that makes me Meg. Follow me on Instagram at author Megan Alexandria over on Wattpad at Megan Alexandria. I'm on Goodreads at Megan Alexandria. 
And you can check out my poetry collective on Amazon at author slash Megan Alexandria. One final note, if you are looking for a writing community to call home, join our Discord server. You can search for So You Wanna, or if you're following us on Instagram, the link to our Discord is always in our bios. Next week, we are going to cover how to write people of color and how to do it well. Same time, same place. We want to see you there. So you wanna a show for writers, but writers, da 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 da.